This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. It's Wednesday. It's 10 p.m. And I'm tired. But hey, you guys will wake me up. And so will Ed. It's time for the Late Late Chat Show with me, Toby Payne-Cook, and my Ed and friend, Ed Finch. Here he is. We're talking about Ed's adventures tonight in True Ed, aren't we? And my most reinvigorating winter walks, touching on a bit of edutopian dreaming, This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, my good friend. Hello. Oh. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, we spoke earlier, didn't we? Well, I'm still well, we weary, earlier, but, uh, despite, uh, despite the sips at the Whiskey Mac, I'm still weary. Um, anyway, so how's your week been, Ed? Well, the week has been a delight. It's been a delight. It's been a whirlwind of COVID, which has been pleasant. and uh, yeah, all, all In your school, not, not in your body. In school, yeah, in the school. I'm, I haven't got COVID. I'm still, I haven't been hit yet. I'm like the last man on earth who hasn't I, been, Or else I, I had keep... so mild I didn't notice. I keep saying that myself as well. I wonder whether I had it right at the outset. We, we as a family, went into isolation a week yeah. before the, uh, the the March 2020 lockdown. Yeah. And um, I felt a bit funny. Gemma had a bit of a virus, a bit of a cold, but she's yeah. asthmatic. Um, but, of course, there were no tests then. There was nothing else. Uh, so yeah. We'll never know. We'll never, never know. know. But also, you know, the triple vaxxed. I'm an O yeah. blood group. There's some talk about O blood groups having slightly better immunity to, right? to this well, particular thing. Um, but, but I think that's, you know, I, I don't want to spread any fake news about no, this sort of we stuff. Don't want, that's actually, uh, that's a theme, isn't it? We don't, we don't that want to go Joe Rogan on it, do we? We don't want to do We that. don't want to go Joe Rogan on it with, with, with your ukulele is going to, is going to sort of, you know, be the anti Joe Rogan oh, yeah, tonight. Yeah, yes. Well, well, let's Good. not spoil that too early. Anyway. Sorry. Sorry. Whoops. Whoops. Well, I can do um, it now. If you like, get it out of the way, then people can stop listening and get with no, it. <laughs> no, exactly. We have to keep the ukulele until the build-up to the news and until the build-up to the end of the show, okay, okay. because that's the only reason anyone tunes in for. Um, and so good evening, live listeners, and good evening to the oh, joggers. Live listeners. Good evening to the joggers and the... Oh, yeah, the... Lucy's in. Lucy's in. Lucy's always in. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if Lucy sleeps. Is Lucy... Is Lucy a? Well, she can um, sleep, can't she? She can sleep at approximately eleven when we pack it in. Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, try this week. I sometimes I'm a bit of a bit, you know. I sometimes listen back to the show um, oh, afterwards, which is a weird thing to do because I'm, you know, I wouldn't do that. No, I'm not doing that it tonight. I'm quitting that habit. It's a bad <laughs> habit because I've got too no. many reports to write tomorrow. Um, mid-year report writing, um, which is quite nice. I like report writing, um, mm. but it's a bit of an extra workload. And Lucy do, does sleep during assemblies. Um, I, I want to give a shout out before we mm-hmm. before we get in with the show to a good friend of mine, James Ridge, who listens to us on Catch Up every week, and he uh, really enjoyed our meatloaf bat out your meatloaf bat out of hell last oh, week. He said, "When you kicked in in the chorus, Toby, that was a thing of 
a thing of magic. I mean, it wasn't really. It was pretty awful. But you're, and he complimented you on your voice. And it was a great cover. And, and I think you, you um, on the mention of Assembly, Ed, you've shot yourself in the foot there, haven't That's you? That's right. I did shot myself terribly. On Friday, a young gentleman in my Assembly shot his hand up at that bit in Assembly on Friday when I say, who can think of something really exciting or good that's happened in their class this week? And I'm hoping to hear about amazing writing projects or exciting science investigation or something. Uh, I'm hoping to. Ed shot his hand up. I said, yes, Ed, which is was you know my first mistake. He said, Mr. Finch, what's your favourite song to sing on the ukulele? <laughs> and um, I had to think quickly. And, uh, well, I said I was on the radio with my friend the other night and I very much enjoyed singing Bat Out of Hell, to which the, <laughs> the entire room went, ooh. And then somebody said, my dad likes that. Someone else said, we listened to that in the car. And then they said, will you sing that to us now, Mr. Finch? So I booted it down the road. I said, if you're very good, I might do it next Friday. So anyway, I hope that they would forget about it, but they haven't. I've been reminded of it, not just by students, but by staff. The, the entire school is now agog for Mr. Finch singing Bat Out of Hell. And, and, and in a cheap Church of England sing, primary. Oh, Jesus, I have promised or something. Um, <laughs> so we'll see if I get away with it. That could be the deal breaker, couldn't it? That could be how I lost my job. And that would be a great story in decades to come. How I lost my job. In my yeah, you don't lose your job because of the stuff you say hell. online with, with me. But you lose it because you sing Bat Out of Hell in the assembly. Oh, well, I don't think I will. I think the world is a forgiving place. I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be much loved for it. I'm sure you are much loved already um, uh, by by many, many of the children and parents. There's a line, isn't there? There's a line between love and tolerance. And I think (laughs) I walk that line. Um, But anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Yes. So um, are we going to go to this I'm getting so slick. I need it's, to. It's seamless, mate. It's, like it's not at all, is it? I always forget. There's a pub coming. <laughs> Tweets of the week. Because we used to call it Tweet of the Week, but I don't think we've done a Tweet of the Week since the first week. So we just talk about some tweets that have caught our eye. Mm. Um, do you want to start, Ed? Well, I don't know if Alex mentioned this on his show, because I know we're following, following on straight behind him, but I very much enjoyed the flash fiction, the Friday flash fiction that was going around last Friday night. It, it was incredible, know, wasn't it? It was absolutely... on it? There was a few, and I didn't know all of them. No. Uh, so what Alex set us a little, uh, a little challenge. He said, I want you to write us a story or a piece of writing, a piece of prose. It has to fit into no more than eight tweets, and uh, he said that he wanted it to be on the subject of um, forgetting. Of, was it? Was it forgetting? Was it? Was it memory? Was it forgetting? forgetting? I think it was forgetting. Like that. Yeah, and lots of people had a lot of fun. Yeah. And what was? What was it? If, I'm just looking at the the um, hashtag now, and it seems that I'm sorry to say this: Friday Flash Fiction is not Alex's own invention. If you look at Friday Flash Fiction, there's tweets going back to 2011. Oh, uh, ours were best. Ours were great. Mm. Shall we read one? Shall yeah, go on, read, read, read one. You choose one. I thought I enjoyed Tabitha's very much. It does involve me reading to you for a little longer than I normally would. So, audience, uh, you know, I don't know, make a cup of tea if this isn't your sort of thing. But I think it's worth hearing. Tabitha McIntosh, if you haven't come across her, she's at Tabitha Surge. And um, she wrote this in just eight tweets. Ketch and the Duke of Monmouth 
July 15th, 1685. The axe is the simplest kind of machine designed to ease the simplest kind of task. Its head is a dual inclined plane whose angles reduce the effort of slicing through spine and sinew. Its helve, a lever with which to move worlds or to separate them. A heft, a swing, a moment in crisis. The prone figure below, entirely untied, trusted to know his place and paces, to incline his head upon the precise planes at which abeyance can be cleft, to follow, above all, the lines. The crowd, arranged on cue, a whore's hand lifted half to the lips, a, st a child stifled, a breath held on erratic teeth, and then the angle of descent. And here the language will layer in the silence. The axe and shoulders, thighs and back, braced in final motion, rotation inexorable around their fixed axes. And then down, down towards the pivot of the axis, the second vertebra of the well-behaved neck, Polyglossia will resolve with a stroke. The axe will shiver and a mouth suck, child wail, teeth retire, dogs cringe, feet scuff, head loom high above the scaffold. It went badly. The theatre exploded all around them, nails and blood, shrill screaming from the Lord, crowd, dogs, impossible to tell which. Sound everywhere and the axe lurching through it, trying to find the angle that would bring it out, back and up and down again harder. His lordship braced his palms on the stage and pushed up, turned his head to look directly at Ketch. They'd say afterwards that it was a look of genteel reproach. That the hangman that day, bloody Ketch himself, boiler of bones, more ogre than man, was ruined in a moment. They'd say a lot of things, claimed to have witnessed miracles, but only Ketch saw the man's eyes. Only Ketch saw the moment when the kingling realised what he was in for. He held Monmouth's gaze, then shifted his hands on the axe, looked down at them, looked back up at Monmouth. Did he understand? Four fingers spread carefully upon the helve, four more blows. I will not hack you as I did, Lord Russell. I'll hack you worse. Monmouth understood. That's what I think that's pretty it's good. good writing now. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good writing, isn't it? She's a wonderful writer. But she doesn't so there's a lot of people on who are on the Friday Flash Fiction who Friday Flash Fiction mm -hmm. who write regularly and post stuff on Twitter. Myself, Alex, mm -hmm. um June of um Carolina and um I and um I can't remember, you know, I'm not pronouncing people's names or, or handles correctly. Um but then what was lovely was that you, Ed, who obviously mm. you do write and you 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 do write, but you don't haven't written on in this sort of writing little writing club that sort of goes on in the corner of Twitter for a while. Mm. And so you yeah. wrote something wonderful. Um and um, I, I, I struggled with the, the concept of fiction, and so I, I also wrote something which was praised by quite a few people too, but, but it wasn't fiction. And then I had a silly, silly go at um, trying to write uh, a, a, a story to cure, cure lyrics and songs, which really didn't work, but it was quite fun trying. Um, and, um, yeah, but it's a wonderful thing. And so I, this Friday I think I'm, I'm taking my youngest daughter and middle daughter out for, for the youngest's 
15th birthday so mm. i probably probably Maybe will not. be a late you one if join I... in on saturday morning and people will join in on saturday morning on friday night will they they won't change. but it was it was good but it's it, it, yeah it's a brilliant it was a lovely lovely thing just you know don't I'm need TV. We did that instead of the Friday night pile on, to be honest with you. Yeah. I enjoyed it more. Pile on, I feel, has had its day. Pile on, pile on. Well, the trouble is, yeah. the trouble is with it, it's a bit like we talked about this last week, didn't we? You had sort of mm. spitting image and stuff. Satire is sort of, it's not dead, it's but it's, it's, it's well, you know, it's when we have, we, we said we weren't going to talk about politics tonight. So we're not going to. So we're not going to. Um, but um, my, I think the Friday Flash of Fiction thing was 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 the highlight of my week on Twitter. It. I agree. I'm looking forward to it on Friday. Um, there. Can I mention Friday a couple of tweets by um, John Biddle um, that I caught my eye? Now I've lost. I'm in the wrong place. I was in the right place, and now I'm back. Um, I just saw this was a nice share, and that was a, I, 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 when I taught a bit of maths in year five and six, used to use um, for bar charts and stuff. Um, if the world were a village of a hundred people, which is a great yeah. set of data, right. you know, in, uh, you know how many Christ would be Christian and how many would be um, Sikh and how many would be whatever, you know, um, all the other big and religions. I would have a phone. Um, and and um, but then John tweeted one about, which was. A fantastic statistic. If the world were a hundred animals, yeah. is a fascinating new non-fiction book from Miranda Smith and Aaron Cushley. Provides lots of discussion opportunities about conservation and the environment. And he just included this statistic in it, um, in the tweet. If the world were a hundred mammals, fifty-nine are found on farms, thirty-six yeah. are humans, and yeah. five live in the wild. Isn't that a fascinating Isn't statistic? That I've just retweeted that tweet again. So anybody who follows me will find that uh, as my last tweet. They can find that. Yeah. 59. Yes. So more than, you know, very nearly 60% of all the animals on earth are uh, on farms. A great, great number of those. Not all the animals on earth, all the mammals on earth. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, amazing, isn't it? And then, and then well, John also said, hundred animals, most of them would be krill and things, wouldn't they? Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and well, hang on, there was another one from John as well, John Biddle, um, which I just thought amused me a little bit. But we haven't even learned about this yet, Mr. Biddle. No, you're absolutely right. We <laughs> haven't. Yeah, but yeah. rather than me teaching it to you, I'm going to spend the lesson assessing you all on it using a past SATS paper. That means I can then mark on a spreadsheet that you can't do it. <laughs> um, and so uh, I just thought that was quite funny. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those conversations with parents at the start of the year. I was thinking how hard we worked to replace levels, you know, to get rid of them. And then we, and then we just recreated the levels. And you said... I don't understand, Mr. Finch. At the end of last year, you told me my son was at the expected standard for his age. But now he's he's below. He's working below the expected standard. He's working towards it. What's yeah. Happened? So no, nothing's happened. He's still exactly where I'd expect him to be. But you said he was below the standard. Oh, he's below the standard at the end of the year. But for the standard at this point of the year, he's spot on. Well, what's the difference? I haven't <laughs> taught him the stuff yet. By the end of the year, oh. I will have done. I don't know. It gets very difficult. And, and it does get very difficult. There's big conversation to be had there at some point. We've just we've just moved away from that. We we had a sort of um, yeah working towards um, emerging, secure, and advanced. When I think but then, how much money I spent driving to uh, to life beyond levels conferences right across the country to boot yeah. that out, and then all that happened. We boot the government booted it out, and schools reinvented it. 
Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to run out of time for all the stuff we're going to talk about. So, um, have you got any other burning tweets of the week to mention? No, 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 not at all. Okay. Oh. In fact, I've done that completely wrong. We're not doing the three most. We normally do the three most now, but we're doing something a bit different because Ed is the one of the two co-curators, founders of mm. Brew Ed, uh, and started in 2017. And you've just been at the weekend, had a wonderful time, I think, at, at yeah. Brew Ed Wake. So I thought it'd be good for us to use our show and you, Ed, to talk us all through um, the origins of Brewed, the ethos mm. of Brewed, and the highlights of your weekend in Wakefield. Yeah. Well, so the floor is yours. Happy. I might ask you some questions. Do ask me questions because it's I don't I mean you 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 missed Brewed really. You were not, I think you am I right? You haven't been to one or have no? You? I have been to one. I I went to the last Brewed before. Yeah. Uh, lockdown on March the 14th, 2020. I went to Brewed North London, organized oh, by yes. Emma Kell and 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 other lovely people. I very um, nearly went to that one. I was and it was uh, great. I was, and it was... I was in Highgate Cemetery with my son at yes. that time. And I thought, that's right, you did across. nearly come. There was you yeah, were rumored yeah. to be making an appearance. I was going to make an appearance, but then yeah, it was kind of London was weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was really it was weird. Like and we and we watched a video of all the Italians singing on balconies. Yeah. Um and and yeah. And there were yeah, a lot of people I dropped. In, I was in Highgate Cemetery. Some people, not people who would listen to be this programme, but some people would be very impressed to know that I was in a high in Highgate Cemetery filming a video with Jay Foreman. Oh, you see, you have no idea, do you? It, I recognise uh, the name, but I'm pop, pretending. Very popular internet um, video, uh, YouTube video, mate, uh, documentarian about mostly about London and stuff. So uh, anyway, that's not where we're we, we talking. That was the last. So that was the very last Brewed there was before um, before the pandemic, really. Although Indeed. the pandemic was biting at our heels. And last weekend, I was all the way up in Wakefield, which is a long way from uh, where I live in Crediton. But very joyfully up there to enjoy the first post-pandemic um, brewery. Isn't Wake that a nice little story that I was at the last one before the pandemic yeah. and you were at the and first the one, not necessarily post the pandemic, yeah. but, you know, post. I think I might also be, have the, the badge of having, being the first person to cancel one because of the pandemic because... Um, I cancelled the Brewhead Oxford, which was going to happen. People called me a Jonah and said if they wanted to come, they should be allowed to come. And I, I sort of cancelled it. And then two days later, the government cancelled it for me. But I got in there first. So um, there we go. So people who don't, don't know what a Brewhead is, um, and there's quite a few people who jumped onto Twitter and maybe listening to this who uh, have joined over the, the pandemic. So I think it's quite possible there's lots of people out there who, are, who don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. So in, in brief, what happened was a conversation between me and my very good friend, Darren, um, Darren Egan Simon, where we talked about how it is you go to a conference, and that's really quite good, and we like it, but the best bit is when you go to the pub afterwards, and you yes. talk about the brilliant things that you heard spoken about on the stage, but you actually talk about them in a very authentic way. You're in a real pub, so it feels like a real connection, even though some of these people, you've not met them before, you're just people who went to a conference, go to the pub around the corner, pass around some pints you have some laughs somebody takes a mick out of some of the silly ideas you've heard other people take umbrage and you get a real conversation you suddenly realize you're talking to someone who doesn't sing from the same hymn sheet as you but it's okay because you're in the pub you know that's all stuff is magic and what we said flippantly was well we should cut out the conference and just go to the pub and then 
like we sort of caught our breath and said, well, maybe we're not being flippant. Maybe we should do that. So mm. I set up um, the first Brewed, uh, which happened. I didn't make up the name, and it was months later that somebody pointed out people were assuming that Ed was my name rather yes. than the abbreviation of education. So I felt by then it had stuck, really, so I couldn't move it. Um, yeah, the first one in Sheffield. I didn't live in Sheffield, but I happened to know that Sheffield has such a brilliant teacher community. I know lots of brilliant teachers who, who live and work in Sheffield, and I knew they'd get on board because they're top people in Sheffield. So I organised it at the Greystones Pub, which is a legendary uh, music venue, mostly pub, restaurant, music venue in, in Sheffield. And, I, yeah, I set it up. I got, I got some people to volunteer to speak, and I kind of tried to explain what I was thinking of. And I Did you speak, presumably? I kind of emceed. I didn't give a talk at all. No. Um, but I had great people. I had Ros Wilson, the brilliant Ros Wilson, who people might know as the inventor of the V-Cops, but who is an inspiring teacher, educationalist, teacher trainer, consultant, human yeah. being, brilliant person. She came along with her dog, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, <laughs> Buffy sat on the stage and ate chips while Roz talked. <laughs> Chris Dyson came along and spoke briefly, mostly ran a hair plaiting com competition. I can't remember why that was. I think <laughs> he was demonstrating that teachers need the soft skills or something like that. Um, J.L. Duteau came all the way up from where he lives in Essex just to speak. It was just about the time of Flip the System was was about to be published and he spoke very convincingly about that we had um Sinead, people might know her as at shinpad talking about some aspects of teacher training it was just this brilliant day of brilliant yeah. ideas each of those presentations very strictly timed to no more than 10 to 15 minutes so that for each slot you got 10 to 15 minutes of actual proper debate um yeah so actually the people who speak are just there to give us something to talk about. And they have to be quite humble about that. They're going to speak for a little bit. And then we, as the, the people who went to the Brewhead, we're the guys who are actually going to, we're going to throw the idea around. We want it to be yeah. small. You know, we don't want actually a lot of people at Brewhead. Well, maybe 30 or 40, because that way everybody become, can be heard. It needs to be in an authentic social space, like a pub or a cafe or somewhere, not in some sterile meeting room or in a university. You know, it's got to be in a real place where you might actually just go to, to have fun and encounter people because the yeah. vibe is completely different there. And, then we did and wasn't, stuff, wasn't you know, one of your original... We always have a quiz at the end, you know, like a pub quiz, which kind of gives everybody a chance to interact with the people they've met that day in a different way and just work yeah. together on something. So hopefully you're going to get in the room people from secondary, people from primary, people who work in special education, people from the local PRU, people who maybe work in the university as teacher trainers, all coming from very different places. You might have the CEO of the mat sitting next to the NQT, and when you're at a brew ed, you are totally equal. And I tell yes. you, people respect that. They really do respect it. I love mm. it. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful vibe. It really worked out at that first one in Sheffield. It really was instantly authentic instantly worked instantly people wanted to be in that room to talk and encounter people who weren't singing from the same hymn sheet or experiencing the same bit of the silo you know yeah and so, when yeah, exactly what went. everybody who one, went when, to it it was in 2017 when no, when 2017 that would have been november i think the second okay. one was in wakefield the, in the in the, the following february and yeah but really they started spooling out very quickly people were saying could we you know as soon as people understood the model People were saying, could we run one of these? Could we do yeah. it? Is that all right? Can we? Are we just and how many have there been? Do you know how many there have been? I haven't run a total, but it would be, you know, it would be tens. It's it, more than tens. 
I reckon. Well, it, may, it may be over. I joined. Well, I joined Twitter in October 2018, mm. so you you were up and running by that point. Yeah, and that, and I, mean, I became aware of it probably by that Christmas. Yeah. And and there's you know most Saturdays there was a lot of Twitter activity around. Yeah. Brewhead, I remember it was Brewhead Tunbridge Wells, you know, Brewhead yeah, Hart. A lot of Saturdays I would be at one and I'd be sort of like sharing across the Twitter sphere, saying hi and shout out to people yeah. in maybe three or four different cities who were running their own. We like them to be run by people who live locally for people who live locally. Yeah. We don't, after that first one in Sheffield, we tried to sort of discourage people travelling the country to be, you know, to go to you know one at the other end of the country. We say, listen, it's your your local you need to be making the connections with the people who are going to be useful to you in your network and a lot of that and that's that's what i love people. about it from the outside is yeah. is that i love i love the fact that you know whereas you know i, I i'm not going to say anything negative but I, I think the 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 research ed movement which is immensely mm. powerful but you you sometimes see a lineup of of the research ed and the sort of the mm. keynote speakers the bigger names and you've you've always got the same people so you know yeah. it, back in my science days um you know you, you went to a conference and if you if there was a conference in a field of science you know the following you they, there was variety you know mm-hmm. and and I, but, but i suppose education's education research or people who are passionate about talking about education in public mm-hmm. is there's quite a small number of people aren't there the, the number of teachers um is, is a very large denominator, whereas the, the numerator of, of those who are actually willing to stand up and talk about it in public, mm. who may or may not have done any any action research or, or published any papers or or mm-hmm. done anything, is quite small. But but I, the, the Brewhead thing seems beautiful, and I, I'm very keen to not travel the country too far, but um, to to do you because it's just to, it's, you know well you you, you meet great people. You? you need there's been very successful Brewheads down your way. Brewhead yeah, I have Hastings been. It was a great event. I was meant thought. to be going to Brewhead Hastings, but that yeah. was that was pulled. Um, I mean, and... I, you know, at the time that I set up, me and Darren set up Brewhead. I was nursing an increasingly poorly wife, you know, um, and oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was so so. The, Diane came to the one in Sheffield. She was not well, but she managed to get to it, and she had a brilliant time. And she managed to get to the, to the Wakefield one. It took a lot out of her. I mean, but it was beautiful that she was there. But after that, she was not well enough to go to a, to something like that. She wouldn't have been able to get up the stairs if they're in uprooms, which is something we need to think about because it's not okay. Um, yeah. So I'm certainly no. Oh, Ed, big, 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 um, big radio hug to you. And I oh, think yeah. so. Brewhead's no, been a part about, of your your on Saturday when I was back in Wakefield in the same room and yeah. just thinking of all those beautiful people who were at that event and who remembered my wife being there, remembered her being on the winning quiz team that year on the Ginger Ninjas with, um, <laughs> with Ruth and Carmel and people. And um, do you know what? It's a, it's a, to me, it's a bit of family. But uh, yeah, I certainly wasn't able to go to every one that happened in the in the first months. I was busily trying to support people and yeah if people didn't quite get how it needed to work i would be dealing with that sometimes people would tell me backstage i went to a brewhead and it wasn't a brewhead at all and they'd tell me why it wasn't and i'd say okay well we need to speak to those organizers and try and get it back on the rails because we don't want to lose something quite special and turn it into another all-star vehicle you know mm. so yeah loads of them loads and loads of them happened they were going on all over the country they were a lovely lovely thing and then you know and then lockdown happened we tried running them online in a couple of different models but it you know 
actually it's about being in a room with people and sharing the space. So that kind of, yeah. we kind of dumped that. We just said, listen, we'll do it as soon as we can. And this Saturday was it. Back in the room in Howell's pub with, um, we had, you know, Howell speaking, we had Deborah speaking, we had Roz was the first one up, which was just gorgeous. Um, poor Simon Smith was meant to be there, but his dad took a bit of a tumble and he needed to go and check he was okay. So Simon Kidwell stood in for him and spoke brilliantly. Um, it, just a whole lot of great. Old Dave Whitaker spoke. All, all people from the local area speaking really convincingly and passionately. A great audience of people who wanted to be there and wanted to. And, and what do you what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going, and then we'll just delay the news and the Yuki. We'll we'll squeeze the end of the show because I think this is mm. this is important. But what what um you know a lot of people. I, I saw something. I think that. Um, Teacher Glitter, Kerry, uh, mm. tweeted yesterday about planning Brewed Leicester, and she's she's a yes. Brewed Leicester person, and and talked about sort of it's you know fantastic CPD. Um, mm. I, I'm not a big fan of the acronym CPD, coming from a background from a different profession, which just yeah. calls it sort of training or personal development or professional <laughs> development, you know, but yeah, yeah. but or whatever. But but we 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 have an acronym for everything in teaching, um, but. And it, of course, it is CPD, but that's not that's not really the purpose of it. Is it? It's the, the purpose, purpose if you look at it in that narrow sense that that CPD gets reduced to teaching something which I'll use on Monday. I don't want people to go to a brewhead and talk about what they're going to do on Monday. The reason for that is I hope that people will be coming from a wide range of different sectors. So it's kind of interesting to know what you know the the, the secondary history teacher is going to be doing in class on a monday morning but that might not be very uh useful to me if i'm a, working in an earlier setting or if i'm working in the prue or something so yeah at brewed we tend to talk about bigger philosophical it's ideas. big picture stuff philosophy philosophy That's what we try to do because yeah. then we we all find we've got a commonality there so yeah, so there's Carrie's one that she's trying to set up at the moment. It, I'm sure, be brilliant. She's just saying, look at what's the place of the arts in the curriculum. That's a yeah. big question, which it is a big question. Should be interested in, and you won't go to that and have a, you know, oh, here's a little training session on how you could use charcoals to make a picture in the style of Henry Moore. It won't be that. It'll be like, how does this work for children, and who, whose art is it anyway, and who owns the art, and all. It'll be big questions. It'll also be funny, and it'll also be fun, and it'll also be interesting. Um, but, you know, it grew out of that. It's like, hang on a second, what can you usefully talk about when you're deliberately trying to bring together people from across wide sectors? It has to be the big big picture stuff, because the detail is not yeah. going to be applicable. I no. mean, if it is, that would be interesting. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And also, well, that's, my, that's my fantastic. It's a Saturday. People have given up their time. They're not being paid a day off in lieu to do it, you know? Yeah. People are spending their own money to get on a train, go a few miles, sit in a pub, you know? Is there time that they could be spending with their family or they could spend walking up on the malls? So they tend to want something which is. But it's very social, isn't it? People have got a shared interest, um, a mm. shared passion. You know, they might come at it from different angles. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've only been to three modern. Um, things you know the Brewed North London, which was which was lovely and intimate and 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 mm. great. Um, I've been to Curriculum Ed organised by 
in June 2019, organised by Sputnik Steve in Litchfield mm. Cathedral College, which was which was a kind of you know like a research eddy type type event. Yeah. Um, and then I've been to the wonderful, which I think is also pretty wonderful, New Voices in in October, which is a lovely location at the um, uh, you know Centre for Primary Literacy in in Waterloo. Uh, mm. And that was that's just that you know that's that's it's not as intimate and you know is a conference rather than a brewed but yeah. but you know the, and those three things i think are pretty pretty um yeah it's just it's just a great way to kind of connect people meet people sort of think deeply about stuff and it may be completely disconnected to your day job really although you know right. it's about teaching and education but your day job as is often teachers, when do we have time to talk about this stuff we, we don't, don't and we should that. have it we should have more time in our schools and i i think you know, it's that meeting in a pub. It's the same when I worked at Pfizer and Zeneca. You know, a lot of the core decisions, ideas, you know, are made in those sort of work, informal lunches, you know, Friday pubs. You know, it's really important. Or you go we to a conference. We don't do those in teaching anymore. We've got, you know, no. we're so packed with doing. That we yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a bit of a lame thing to say, but yeah. it's a serious one, you know. Yeah, you know, right, Ed. Carry on. Are, yes. Are you going to play us something to take us to the adverts, news, and okay, tech I update? Am. Yeah, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking a little a couple of days ago, weren't we, about yeah. um, this whole Joe Rogan thing. I don't know if people are you know, aware. We shouldn't of be what... giving him publicity, should we? Because, no, no, um, no. but they um, get yeah, carry no, on. Good, uh, you know, so, for whatever reason. This gentleman, uh, we won't publicise his name. Has he does a, a podcasty thing? It's available exclusively through through Spotify, and he was wittingly or unwittingly spreading misinformation about uh, about COVID and uh, vaccines, etc. Yeah, about it and said this is not okay. You know, we 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 can't have that. So some artists said to Spotify, if you're going to have that on your platform, you won't have me. And some of them were big enough profile that maybe that makes Spotify stop and think a little bit. Uh, two of the people, so the first person to take their music off, at least the first one I was aware of, was Neil Young. And the second one... Yes, was, uh, who is my favourite. Joni Mitchell, yeah. Two great, 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 great artists. So. <laughs> so. To in tribute to that, we're going to travesty two of their songs, you know? <laughs> I do hope there's no big Joni fans because the woman is a genius. That's not too strong a word. She's a great songwriter. And her her album, Blue, is is one of my go-to, you know, is it top 10 albums for me? Certainly my top 20. You know, it's it's a must. She's also a great musician. That doesn't always go together, you know. And she's also a great performer. That doesn't always go together. And then I have got a four-string ukulele and a croaky voice. So I'm not a Here great singer, not a great performer, and I haven't written it. So never mind. I know I would have to strum it through and get the key in my head. I'm a bit nervous. I'm never nervous doing this. <laughs> never nervous doing this, but I am a bit today because <laughs> it's such a great song and I'm going to travesty it. Just before our love got lost, you said... I'm as constant as a northern star, and I said, constantly in the darkness, where's that at? If you want me, I'll be at the bar. On the back of a cartoon coaster, 
in the blue TV screen line. I drew a map of Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. With your face sketched on it twice. Oh, you're, you're in my blood like holy wine. You taste so bitter and so sweet. Oh, I could drink a case, a case of, of you. you. And I would still be on my feet. I would still be on my feet. Oh, I am a lonely painter. Live in a box of paints And I'm frightened by the devil And I'm drawn to those who ain't afraid I remember that time you told me, you said Love is touching souls, surely you touched mine Cause part of you pours out of me In these lines from time to time Oh, you're in my blood like holy wine You taste so bitter and so sweet Oh, I could drink a case of you, darling And still I'd be on my feet Still I'd be on my feet Oh, Ed, that's lovely Lo oh, Thank well, you. Listen, you shouldn't have been nervous. If anybody enjoyed that, they should go and listen to Rufus Wainwright's uh, cover of it. Wow. Yeah. That knocks a heart out of you. Or, of course, Joni's original, which yes. is probably unbeatable. Yeah, man. Um, Great stuff. Absolutely. News. news. Well, it's long, though. We've got eight minutes. We've got adverts. We've got news. We've got tech updates. Minute. Eight I'll minutes. And then we're going to go. So we are going to squeeze the end of the show. But that's OK. We can carry over some stuff into next week. So here we go, everybody. Um, we'll be back in eight minutes um, and speak to you soon. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram 
or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Wales, the Minister for Education and the Welsh Language, Jeremy Miles, has announced extra school sessions for learners. In a trial, over 1,800 learners will receive five hours of extra activity per week over a 10-week period. The Welsh Government has drawn on international models and proposals made by the Education Policy Institute and the trial is focused on supporting disadvantaged pupils and schools particularly affected during the pandemic. Jeremy Miles said, We know from research that young people can gain in confidence and well-being from this approach, especially disadvantaged learners. Programmes which provide enriching and stimulating additional sessions and support learners to re-engage with learning can have a greater impact on attainment than those that are solely academic in focus. The trial is a great opportunity to gather further evidence on how we use and structure time at school and how that might evolve in the future. We will be learning how those additional sessions might improve well-being, academic progression and increased social and cultural capital. As we move forward, we will continue to support schools with even stronger community engagement so that we deliver on our mission to tackle the impact of poverty on educational attainment and achieve high standards for all. In England, the government has announced 55 education cold spots that have been identified as part of the levelling up agenda. Areas such as Walsall and Rochdale, where education outcomes are weakest, will be targeted for support, with teachers offered a levelling up premium 
to improve retention. According to a report in The Independent, schools in the education investment areas, which are judged less than good by Ofsted in successive inspections, could be moved into multi-academy trusts under the plans. A government release states that education will be at the heart of the major new reforms, set to give every child and adult the skills they need to fulfil their potential, no matter where they live. As part of the White Paper plans, the Department for Education will offer retention payments to help schools keep the best teachers in the highest priority subjects. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, as we approach Safe Internet Day next week, it's the 8th of February, if you didn't know, I'm going to take a look at keeping yourself safe as a teacher. I'm not going to go into your digital footprint or how you use social media. That's been covered in your safeguarding training, no doubt, and should be common sense. There is, however, a real grey area when it comes to teachers and using their phones in school. Before a start, all schools should have a policy on mobile phones, and you should have read it. I suggest, if you're not sure what it is, then you find out. There is DFE guidance for searching, screening and confiscating for pupils, for staff, policies in schools range from SLT having different rules to other staff so they can be contacted to phones must be switched off or on silence when pupils are present. Some are even introducing a smartwatch policy as they become increasingly more popular. The first step to keeping yourself safe is to make sure you know what is expected in your school as it's the individual schools that decide and there is no official guidance. The next step is a choice. Images, still or moving, are a great way to evidence work and to feedback to pupils. If your policy allows it, using your phone is the simplest way, as it's always with you. To give a real example, a PE teacher at a match doesn't need to remember to take the school camera and probably has a better camera on their phone anyway. But here's the dilemma. Should teachers have pictures of children on their personal phones? Again, school policy will dictate this and parents will have signed a form saying they give permission or not, so you're covered to take the picture, but the question still stands, should it be done on a personal device? This is where I feel the need to keep ourselves safe lies. How long do you keep the images on your phone? Are they automatically backed up into your personal cloud? How do you transfer from your device to the school storage? What if your phone's lost or stolen? I'm not here to provide an answer. I just want you to think about keeping yourself safe. If you take images on a school device, you avoid all of these issues. It may be a little more effort, but in the rare event of an allegation, it's a lot simpler to investigate. Please think about your use of personal devices in school. And if your policy isn't keeping up with what you're doing, consider raising it. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2020 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. The three most. Hi, everybody. Well, we have got only technically 14 minutes left or so but you know we can we can overrun by a minute or two um as there's no one on after us but anyway um could talk about walks so ed and i obviously the whole thing about our show is that uh we're kind of um you know we're meant to be a little light 
light-hearted because there's some serious education talks um on on teachers talk radio um i in fact invaded the end of alex's show earlier on here was chat alex was chatting to the lovely nick wood and having a great discussion about creativity and i just couldn't resist but join in and write at the end and so there's always so much to talk about and and we could you know ed and i could talk about various things for for hour pound hour but we thought we'd talk about winter walks so ed's going to talk about his three favorite next week and I am going to talk about my three recommended, they're not favourites, and they're not exactly mapped out. But I think that it's a difficult time of year. Uh, it's still quite dark, mornings and evenings. We have actually had a pretty dry January weather-wise, not in all parts of the country, but certainly down here in Kent and I think in, in the south of England generally. Um, and so... It has been good for walking. And I think if you go for a walk, you just blow out all the cobwebs. So my first suggestion is uh, let's go to the south coast. So this, um, these are winter walks. So I have got some favorite walks, which I'm saving for the spring or the summer. But this one is a winter walk because it doesn't matter if it's wet and muddy because it's on chalk downs yeah. and therefore it gotcha. drains very easily. So uh, there's seven sisters. So you go and park oh, at Burling. Great, great start. Walk. I didn't know where you were going. We'd hadn't planned. Yeah, it's park at Burling Gap. Yeah, yeah. Tell the um, people if they don't know. Burling Gap. Go. Park at Burling Gap. Just, just, just east mm -hmm. of no, just west of Eastbourne. Park at Burling Gap and National Trust Car Park, and then you just basically walk the Seven Sisters. The Seven Sisters are the Seven Valleys in in the what sometimes people think in photographs the White Cliffs of Dover, but it's not the White Cliffs of Dover where the North Often Downs roll into the sea. Often the White Cliffs of Dover in movies, doesn't it? Because the White yes. Cliffs of Dover aren't very cliffy and they're not very white, whereas the Seven no, Sisters really right. are cl properly cliffy and properly white. Yeah, exactly. And they're just a bit more picturesque. So you've got that lovely vista of, of the seven valleys and the seven sort of peaks. Um, and it just and then you go if you so it takes a if you're walking on your own, you can probably walk one way in an hour. Um, you know, if you're walking with someone and talking, it might be an hour and a half. You're stopping to take pictures and enjoy the view. Um, but you can kind of power stride it probably just in under an hour and then go down to Cuckmere ha Haven. Um, Cuckmere mm. Haven is, um, there's an Oxbow Lake there, which is, it's, you know, something we is. use for we all I, learn at school. Use, it's late enough. I can do this. It is a geography teacher's wet dream, isn't it? It is. It's a geography teacher's wet dream, Cutmere Haven. It is. Um, I, love it. I'm, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I am a geography teacher. I teach geography. I'm a primary teacher. I teach everything. But I, yeah. if you if you've ever seen a picture in a textbook about you know a, a river lazily looping its way to the sea and there's meanders and there's an Oxbow Lake and then there's the sea with cliffs and that, it's nine times out of ten it's a sketch map of a uh, Cutmere Haven, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Great place, absolutely. And then you go down the onto the greatest. Is that the what river is that coming down? Is that the River Ada coming down at? Um... I think it's just no. called the the Cuckmere River. Because then you've got a bit further yeah. up. You've got the you've got a little bit further along. You've got the ooze, haven't you? Got look. Um, yeah. uh, uh, is that quite a lot further along? Which um, which Victor Virginia Woolf um, walked into with with stones in her pockets. Uh, and listen uh, very seriously, my friend, because I've done that as a, as a youth hosteling trip. And so, so if you park at Burlingame, how do you get back to Burlingame? Do you just retrace your steps? Or yeah, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just retrace. I try, I try and do it every every holiday that walk. Oh, so nice. every school holiday, just go down there. And um, yeah, so and then I'm you jealous. go down onto the beach and and have a lovely explore of the of the of, you know, on the beach and look at the, and if it's a sunny day and I've been there on many a sunny day, you the cliffs are so bright you know the sun you've got the, yeah. the contrast good, between the there's also some good fossiling around there yes 
that is. Yes. Which you don't really think there's going to be because it's chalk cliffs. Yeah. But I've found I... some stunners down there. Mm. Yeah. So you get get down to the sea. You've got you've got the fresh sea air. You've got some beautiful scenery, and it just blows the cobwebs out. And it's good for exercise as well because you're walking up and down and up and down. So it's, it's a good you know it's yeah. a good power walk. So and, heavy and it's rucksack on your back. Exactly. Doing that. When and I it's not going to get not going to get muddy. With my pal Clive on that trip. Your pal yeah. Clive. My friend uh, Clive, who I haven't seen. Yeah. In how old am I now? Fifty. I can't. I can't have seen him in a good thirty-five years or more. Whoa! He's a good friend, and we used to go. Uh, we used to go youth hostling. Uh, I don't think we were the coolest teenagers ever, but we used to go youth hostling together in our holidays. Mums, you know, we were fourteen, maybe thirteen, fourteen, maybe yeah, I think about fourteen-ish, and my mums, our mums would let us go, and, and we'd go and do the south coast or go round the Isle of Wight or something. Yeah. Happy days. Happy Lovely. Days. I remember walking out walk with him. All those years ago, I don't suppose it's changed a great deal, has it? No, I don't think it's changed. I mean, it will have receded a little bit. There's a few less cottages at Berlin Gap, probably. Yeah. That's walk number one. That's walk number one. Walk number two. Walk number two, I'm going to go to my homeland, my home homeland down near you. You're I'm going to stick Heartland with the sea. Point, aren't you? I know you. No, no, I'm not going no. to do Heartland. I'm not going to do Heartland in the winter because, although it's beautiful to go to Heartland in the winter, the coastal walking there, there's a lot of mud um, because there's a lot of rain in the winter. And, and, and so I'm going to go for an estuary and um, beach walk. I've written about Westwood Ho this week. Yes. Some people, I think you quite liked what I wrote about my, I I'm writing my. That one. And so I'm going to know Westwood Ho a little bit. So yeah. that's one reason I enjoyed it. I always, you know, I like Inspector Morse because I know Oxford so well that I can yeah. point out when they're going the wrong way down a one way street, you know, or when they go in one college and come out of another one, you know. So knowing a place does help. But yeah, it was, I thought it was a lovely bit of writing. So I'm going to suggest, thank you, thank you. I'm going to suggest a sort of tide to tide walk a sort of mm. you start in appledore at a pub called the beaver um okay. if it's a winter yeah. walk you might not even start at appledore actually you might even you start at appledore maybe at a coffee shop because the pub might not be open you probably need to, if you want to turn it with the tides where you start about an hour to an hour and a half before low tide in appledore mm. which is a little fishing village between biddeford and westwood ho on the edge of the river torridge and Tor, Tor and Torridge Estuary, North Devon, Northwest Devon. And you start there, and then you basically follow the edge of the estuary out around Appledore. There's a little bit on the road, and then you go out around the edge of the golf course, Royal North Devon Golf Course, the oldest golf course in England, um, mm -hmm. and not in the UK. That's St Andrews in Scotland. And then you come out around the edge, the mouth, basically, of the Tor and Torridge, which is quite a wide mouth. It's quite a big, mm -hmm. big estuary. And, um, and you've got to the north, you've got Saunton, Sands, and then up to Croyd and Woolacombe, and then you've then you come round the corner, and you're then walking across Westwood Ho Beach, which is about probably mile and a half, two miles wide, and at nearing approaching low tide, so you've got the whole sand of the beach, and you've got the fairly big in the winter, you know, some pretty big waves, some pretty big waves. You know, it's west facing, so you've got some big Atlantic rollers coming. You can see Lundy Island, and you walk all the way along. Perhaps get up into Westwood Ho for a um, a coffee or an ice cream or or something, and then basically turn around and walk back as the tide's then coming in, and then you get back to to Appledore um, about you know, two hours 
or an hour before high tide, you know, which is a sort of dusk time, ideally. And then you have a nice sort of pub supper on the quay in Appledore um, after after what would probably be a four hour walk, probably. I'm looking at this route right now on Google Maps, and yeah. you've wetted my appetite. And I would like next time you're down this way, if we could walk that together. That let's do that. Like that. Well, I'm down in February half term. Let's 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 we do it. Same February half term. That's the question. Uh, anyway, I, next Friday, <laughs> uh, Friday the eleventh. I've got another week on you, my friend. Oh bugger! Oh, um, oh, excuse anyway, my language. But we will see each other. I'm sure. Over we'll do it in Easter. Easter then, definitely. Um, the final walk. We 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 yeah. the final walk. I'm going to recommend no no, no fixed route. A, a London walk. London. Mm. Let's go to London. A city walk. I don't think people walk enough in big cities. London's a huge city, but if you get off the tube, you can cover a lot of London. On foot, if you've Very got a good pair of shoes. Places you know, little islands of London that you know from yeah. some part of your life, you suddenly find that they connect to another part of London that you know from another part of your life, and they're only two streets apart. And you're like, yeah. I have no idea that this place exactly. is near this place. I would so have gone I... the, uh, yeah, I'd have got on the uh, on the tube, but I didn't need to. There's only this little stroll from you know, Russell. Yeah, and of course, you know, there's no fixed route, but I'd, I'd suggest maybe Tate to Tate is quite good. So you start at the, the Tate yeah, Britain yeah, like and you kind of meander your way round Westminster over the river and then you walk South Bank and down to 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 the um, Tate Modern and then you can come back over the Millennium Footbridge and then come back through sort of um, Covent Garden and, and and get back around that way and do a, do a loop. Or another walk that I quite like um, is I mean you know is probably Waterloo to King's Cross. So again, you kind of incorporate the river bit and go to Trafalgar Square. I love I love um, St Martin's Lane and Monmouth Street uh, and up Seven Dials there, and then you go past the British Museum and that lovely name of a street. I love the name Coptic Street, which is just opposite the British Museum, and you kind of meander up through Russell Square and up to up to King's Cross, and so you just it's quite varied because you've got you know you're sort of getting into you know. That's what the wonderful thing about London is that you can have these go through these really rich, affluent, hugely ornate parts, and then a couple of streets away, you're in a pretty poor, you know, um, place which is which is very real and you know a lot more sort of you know okay. that's what's good, right? Um, everybody, listeners. Um, so those are three suggestions. Go walking in London if you live near London. Ditch the tube, you know, and, and don't do it on a rainy day, obviously. Um, and, and or northwest Devon, uh, Westwood Ho, Appledore, Biddeford, um, around the edge of the estuary there, or, or down onto the Chalk Downs, um, which uh, drain well, so they're never muddy. Um, there you go. Those are my three recommendations for the winter to go and get some fresh air. Now, we haven't really got time for everything that ends the show. So I would like to thank Katie Finlayson, who is a home educator, and she's a great person. She's very interesting for responding so wonderfully to what wasn't really a question of the week. It was more of a sort of thought for the week. And also Alex Wright, our, our beloved co-teacher um, talk radio host, um, and for responding. But I think we're going to pick up on that next week. So really it was about what would your ideal school look like? If you could create a edutopia, what would it look like? Um, and of course, Katie's views are quite sort of, so I haven't got time to read it out and go into it now. Um, Alex had some interesting stuff. I've got lots of thoughts on this. So next week, quite like to pick up on, on that 
um, in Edutopia and also maybe thinking about the primary secondary divide there's been lots of talk about marking and perhaps the difference between marking in english versus marking in science or maths and you know and and, and all that sort of stuff so talk about think about some of those things about why we educate and how we educate in primary versus secondary and that overnight transition from six to seven and fuse that with a bit of sort of the edutopia the alternative approaches that that um katie and alex and are always ringing around my heads but ed you mentioned Neil Young earlier on. Mm. So sorry if you've been listening for a whole hour hoping to get to the Edutopia stuff, which was actually billed um, on Twitter earlier on. Um, but we will come back to some of that next week. More richly next week. Like, I think, think that's the that thing whole, to do. All the time I was banging on about Brewhead and we could have been no. talking about Edutopia, right? Yes, yeah, so we'll do, I'll do my Edutopia and think about that next week. You'll do some three walks next week. And we're now going to finish with Ed on the ukulele playing some Neil Young. Yes, it's the obvious choice, but it's such a lovely song and it means a lot to a lot of people, I think. So, yeah. I want to live, I want to give. I've been a miner for a heart, heart of, gold. of gold. It's these expressions I never give that keep me searching for a heart of gold. And I'm getting old. Keep me searching for, searching a, for heart a heart of gold. gold. And I'm getting old I've been to Hollywood I've been to Redwood I've crossed the ocean for a heart, heart of gold. gold I've been in my mind It's such a fine line That keeps me searching for, for a heart, heart of, gold. of gold And I'm getting old, old. That keeps me searching for a heart, heart of gold. gold And I'm getting old, getting old. Keep me searching for a heart of gold. You keep me searching and I'm growing. Growing old. Keep me searching for, a, for heart a heart of gold. Of gold. I've been a miner for a heart of gold. Thank you. Love it. Lovely song. He's so many songs. That does singing that one. You know that. Yeah, does it? Because you're getting old. We have to sing "Old Man" another time, or yeah, I think I think of his hero. Is he still alive? I think he is. Neil Young. I've seen Neil Young. I, I, I mean, I'm going to overrun just to talk about Neil Young for a bit now because, um, uh, yeah, I. The catch up with stuff, don't we? Because like some of the shows that do really well, they give them an extra slot somewhere in a week. That'll never be us because we've always got an extra five minutes in there. <laughs> but there's no one after us, so it's fine. Um, but but also we need to go to bed, of course. But but um, the Neil Young, yeah, lots of school friends school friends were really into Neil Young and that whole hippie thing in the early 70s. And I, I listened to Harvest and After Gold Rush in my, in my sort of mid-late teens quite a lot, but wasn't hugely into it. And then... I went to, there was no Glastonbury in 1996 and there was Phoenix Festival, which is in topical because Nick Wood was on with um, Alex earlier on and that was in the Vale of Evesham and I think Nick teaches and lives in Evesham um, and um, Phoenix Festival was run by Vince Power and all that. It was quite big for a few years and so a Neil Young headlined, as did David Bowie actually, and the Sex Pistols in 1996. Well, maybe we'll uh, do Bowie and the Sex Pistols next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I went to watch him expecting a sort of early 70s 
hippie and he played all these noisy grungy guitar stuff which is just i love all that as well the, hey hey my my he does what he wants to do and and i saw him then i was just a convert and i just fell in love with him i've seen him three times since then once up in sheffield once at glastonbury 2009 and once in local kent at the hot farm festival in 2008 mm -hmm. anyway we've overrun thank you for neil young thank you for neil young for abandoning spotify because of um you controversial know, fake I news don't know if you've seen um um uh, stuart lee has pulled his stuff from spotify that, oh, good old Stuart Lee. They'll be stinging on that one when they Spotify or in the office. Oh, no. We didn't mind <laughs> losing Joni and, uh, and Neil, but now Stuart Lee's gone. Yeah. That's I love Stuart Lee's stuff different. that he's Stuart Lee's stuff done with um, Asian Dub Foundation around Brexit. Was it, you know, you're coming over here, you're coming over here, Anglo Saxons, you're coming over here. Oh, that was good. Anyway, right, Ed, we better go to bed. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Sorry for overrunning Spotify, not Spotify, um, Teachers Talk Radio <laughs> Managers um, and, um, and all that. Um, we'll be back next week with some Edutopia, Ed's Winter Walks, and thanks for listening on Catch Up to all of those of you who enjoy us. Good bye night, bye. Everybody. Sleep well. Have a great week. See you next week. Yes, and night night, bye, my Ed. good friend. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.